Is everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. Let's uh, get out to the Sprint special guest line. Lease any phone and get an iPad or Samsung Tab A for $99.99. Visit the Sprint store nearest you. Of course, you hear him each and every morning from 6 to 10 alongside David James. He was at the Orleans Arena last night at the West Coast Conference Tournament. Of course, he's our good friend Patrick Kinahan live from Vegas. What's up, PK? As I was saying, my father... Oh, wait, that was yesterday. Hi, fellas, how's it going? That was yesterday. Yeah, well, run that by us again, because we've never heard that. <laughs> <laughs> PK, well, I hope you're staying healthy down there, you know? I mean, you're around, you're in a big crowd down there. I hope you're all right. Oh, yeah, and where I go, the crowd gets bigger, particularly <laughs> law, law enforcement. Uh, I'm on the road again here in Vegas. There's, you know, it takes you... 20 minutes to go two miles uh, with all the congestion and all that stuff. So, And it's just are, wonderful are we, cell coverage. Are we going to have problems with the cell phone again? Again, yeah, that was an issue yesterday. He said he could uh, he could hear us. We just couldn't hear him. Yeah, we can't. We can't hear you, PK, if you can hear us. Let's uh, try it again. Let's give it another go. Yeah. See how that goes. Is the big show curse at, at work here again? I'm I don't know. He's he's in traffic in Vegas. Maybe that's giving cell issues. Okay. Well, we'll get him back because I'm really eager to hear his perspective on uh, on what happened last night. Yeah, he didn't uh, he didn't mince any words this morning. Yeah, that's for I sure. I heard I heard part of that, and uh, it's good for our listeners to hear what PK said because he he said it was essentially a a crushing blow for BYU fans. The way that went down. Crushing blow? I think it was. I know you, you're sort of downplaying this, but... I, it's one game. I know, but BYU had a chance to finally win this the Church League tournament. I don't know if they did. Gonzaga just wins that all the time. Well, Sanders won it last year. True, but Gonzaga is still the best team in the league. Yeah. But, I mean, we talked about this earlier. I mean, what consequence was there really to winning or losing that tournament? They're getting in either way. You said you thought maybe that loss will cost them two seeds. I I will say I think that's being a tad overly dramatic. However, um, with the Sunday thing, they can move BYU more than they move typical teams. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we see them come out with a, a lower seed than expected. But if you I, thought they were a five seed before the tournament, do you really think they're a seven seed now? With, with or a way, six seed to eight seed? With the way BYU looked in that game, I think that was damaging to the Cougars. I really do. Because people were eager to see this team. It had been rising. All the all the rankings, all the ratings had had to put them, you know, in the top 15, top 10. 
Yeah, no, I'll forget about this loss by Saturday because there's so much basketball to be played. And let's not pretend like the committee is actually watching every second of all these games. It's a big math thing. We've talked about yeah, that. They, that was a horrible performance by the Cougars. Horrible that, that, to lose to St. Mary's? They're not a bad team. The way they lost. That was an ugly game all the way around. Well, I mean, Arizona State lost to the same St. Mary's team by like 40 this I, year. I know. I'm not saying St. Mary's is a bad team. I'm saying the way they played last night, that was bad basketball. Okay. Well, I don't think it's going to cost them like you do. Well, we'll see. It's one game. I don't know. But it was, you know, I, I had covered two of uh, BYU's games leading up to this period, and uh, I was pretty impressed by what I saw, and I was not impressed last night at all. It looked like a different team. Uh, yeah, they didn't play particularly well, but I think a lot of that does have to do with St. Mary's. I it's mean, a top-shooting get... team that shoots over 50% most times. They shoot 36%, and, the and they're turning the ball over left and right. And their money man down low it played way below himself. And the Gales played great defense, and they neutralized a lot of what BYU wants to do. Give them some credit. Uh, by oh, the way, yeah. St. Mary's beat Arizona State this year 96-56. to Yeah, you can find outliers everywhere. They beat the Aggies 81-73 to this year. All the games. They beat Cal 89-77. St. Mary's is good. Cal is, is Cal any good? Really? Yeah. Let's see. They beat Nevada. They beat Wisconsin. And that wasn't a pretty game. It wasn't. But that was what St. Mary's wanted to do. Yeah. They dictated the style of the game. Well, no matter what the style of the game is, these two teams matching up against each other this year, it was always close. I mean, mm-hmm. BYU beat them, what, 81-79 the last time out? But but BYU just did not look. And I, I get it. An opponent, and this is true for any sport, you can ugly it up pretty good. And they did. But BYU, I thought BYU had been building, gaining momentum heading into this time. I thought it was their time. I really was giving them a shot. I would not have favored them against Gonzaga. But I think the way they had been playing – I thought they had played themselves into a good position for that, and that all ended last night, obviously. So, in, in what I thought was a subpar performance for the Cougars. I don't necessarily disagree with any of that. I just don't think the consequences are going to be quite as extreme. Well, is two seeding spots, is that extreme? I don't know. That feels extreme for me based on one game and one loss well, they against were a good team. for what, a five seed? Yeah, and maybe that would have been, you know, a little high. And but they're, but they're so, a top so 25 I'm team. Saying, they're a top 20 team in, yeah. the, in the latest AP poll. Yeah. Well, we'll see. I, I think they could drop to a, to, a, to a seven, maybe. I'll tell you what, if they, if they drop to an eight, that'd be a tragedy. I would think seven would be the basement. Yeah. Fair enough. I don't know. I, who knows what the committee's going to do? I don't know. Even these guys who are so-called experts, this is what they do for a living. They get it wrong sometimes, too. Well, and Austin was bringing up some points off the air, uh, talking about Quadrant 1 wins, and BYU's record against Quadrant 1 teams is not particularly terrific. What would you say it was, Austin? Uh, BYU's Quadrant 1 is 4-5, and five, Quadrant 2 is 4-3, and three, and then they're 8-0 and 7-0 and 3-4. And 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 St. Mary's, by the way, is 3-4 and four in quadrant, run, quadrant 1 games. How many of those Quadrant run, 1 games did Yoli Giles play? I don't have that yeah. immediate. 
Probably not as many because he missed right. the, the non-conference. Right. He, uh, he made a difference for that team. Which, again, bringing us back to our point, talking about that particular game, and I know that Yoli's stats ended up okay uh, with uh, how eight, many points did he 20, have? Yeah, 23 points. 23 points, but, I mean, wasn't getting those buckets when they, when they needed right. them, when things were breaking down. And PK is back with us now. Hello, PK? Are you there? Yeah, I'm here, man. Vegas traffic. Too many people. Everything gets jammed up. Tell me, uh, we're talking about this, PK. How consequential was that loss last night, do you think, overall for the Cougs? Well, I think in the scheme of things this year, I don't think it's a huge deal. Maybe they drop a seed because who's, who's to say they were going to beat Gonzaga, right? I agree with you. Gordon was saying he thought it could be as many as two seeds, but I can't, that's too consequential for one game, and it's not like St. Mary's is a bad team. No, not at all. They're an NCAA team, obviously. I think the bigger issue is for BYU. This is their ninth year in the conference. They haven't won a regular season title. They haven't won a conference tournament title. And they did that in the WAC. They did that in the Mountain West. But they're 0 for 9 and both, so basically 0 for 18 since they've been in the West Coast Conference. This wasn't supposed to happen. And they had all the seniors this year. They got a lot of talent, and they didn't get it done. I think Mark Pope's inexperience showed and he said that. He commented multiple times on what a poor job he did coaching. But I think now it could toughen them up a little bit and get them even more prepared for the NCAA tournament. So, PK, what would you think of the last 45 seconds or so of that game? BYU has possession of the ball, and they could have gone for two for one, yeah. and they didn't, and uh, they end up giving up the, the game winner at the end. Uh, what did you make of the – and what did you make of the sequence – with uh, Barcelo uh, covering Ford on that final play. I thought it sucked. I thought it sucked all the way around, you know. You just The offense wasn't clicking whatsoever, and they kept trying to do the same thing, and it wasn't working. I would have liked to seen something different, and certainly the two-for-one is open for debate. And you just allowed Jordan Ford to get the ball and run downhill. And I don't know how much you watch St. Mary's, but I've seen him play many times. And Jordan Ford is a heck of a ball player. He's getting some NBA run now today when I was looking on some stuff on the web. And you just let him get to his spot. Barcelo, I mean, he can only do so much. Maybe uh, Taws, Celius, uh, Baxter, they had him on a few times early in the game. But get a, if you can't stop him, get the ball out of his hands because the guy's hit a bunch of game winners, man. He's super clutch. Would you double you know, him? Uh, well, obviously in retrospect, yeah. <laughs> Let somebody else beat you. Fitz is our second-best player. He had just made a shot, to his credit, but his overall shooting percentage in the game was horrible. I think it was like 2 for 13. PK is with us from Vegas uh, here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. What do you think was happening with TJ? Uh, because he's certainly been key for them, uh, key for them down the stretch, winning big games for them, coming up big. Was it the way St. Mary's was playing him, or was this just not his night? Yeah, I don't think it was his night, but you have to – commend St. Mary's for their defense and I think he got out of his game a little bit because all year, all season what he's been doing is if the shot isn't there to be the great facilitator, you know 13 assists against Pepperdine and so you don't need to score, now that you got Toulson, you don't need to score as much as you did in prior years and he went back to what he's known, so in the most pressurized situation, he went back and if you look at it in a couple of their close games, that's what he did. Obviously, he beat St. Mary's with a three in the Pro Bowl, and then he beat Houston. 
But against San Diego, he had that nice little lob assist dunk to Yoli. So I thought he got out of his what would, what has made him absolutely sensational this year. And I thought they underutilized Toulson. He hit two threes early and only uh, had a couple shots after that. It was very disappointing in the way they performed offensively. Defensively, you know, they dug in a little bit. But offensively, come on, they got to be way better than that. You mentioned Toulson. Yes, seven attempts, PK. I expected him to have more opportunities than that. And then uh, Childs, they were dumping the ball into him. And he was kind of uh, becoming a bit of a black hole down there. He held on to the ball and uh, had it stripped a number of times, had some turnovers, and then missed some shots that he normally makes. Yeah, I thought they were soft with the ball. Too many turnovers that didn't need to be turnovers. And that, that really bothered me. And that's what they talked about after the game, too. So the stuff as I'm watching the game, sitting there behind the basket, thinking, what about this, what about this, what about this? Mark Pope addressed it all in the post game. I got to give him credit, man. He didn't duck anything, and he took full blame and responsibility for getting this team not to be ready. And now going in the NCAs, that's why I say I think he can help them. I don't know if they're going to win, but they should be prepared much better for the game next week than they were the game last night. So, do you think it was inexperience? Was that really it? Was it nerves? Was it something else involved? Uh, was it the the long layoff? What? Uh, the, the long layoff, I'm sure, hurt to a degree. Uh, but, you know, St. Mary's played – well, they did play two more games, right? Because they had the the, the bye with it, the semifinals. It's really funky. I don't know that other conferences do that. I'm not prepared or educated enough to say that they do that. But that's a funky thing to have to go through. Uh, I just think that these guys – I don't want to say folded, but they didn't play their best under the pressure situation. And they're all a bunch of seniors. And they want to get the best seat possible. And they want to Gonzaga. They wanted to win the conference tournament. All these things. And it sort of caved in on them. PK, I, uh, I believe I heard you say, uh, maybe it was last week or a couple weeks ago, that you thought BYU certainly was capable of winning a couple of games in the NCAA tournament. Is that opinion shaken at all with that performance? Uh, maybe a little bit, yeah. Maybe they showed some vulnerability that they haven't shown. You know, before you guys called, I was listening to Las Vegas Sports Radio, and one of the guys was saying, BYU, man, you get them out of elevation, and they are just so mediocre. And I'm wondering, you know, I'd have to look at some numbers on that. Obviously, they're not at the elevation here in in Vegas compared to where they are in Provo and when they go up to Salt Lake to play. So maybe there's something to do it. But I think if they play their game, you know, let's see about one win. Let's get one win. They haven't had that in a long time. See about getting one win and see what the matchup is in the second round. But I don't think anything happened last night that would just remove me from thinking that they should be able to win one game. And they could lose the first round, too. But, you know, I have to see who they play. But there's no reason, based on last night, that they cannot win at least one game. PK, I had to uh, readjust my sight line after staring at that court the whole time. I wondered if being there in in person, was uh, was that court a bit of a distraction to you? Well, I was prepared for it because, you know, BYU TV broadcasts some of the earlier rounds, and I'm sort of a, I think we all are, a March uh, Madness junkie. So I was watching over the weekend and late last week, I was watching men's and women's. So when I got to the arena yesterday, I was already prepared for it because I had already seen it on high def in television. 
PK, thank you very much for jumping on with us. We appreciate it. And wanna, thanks for your. I want to uh, slip in real quick about. Did you uh, talk with Kraskoviak uh, earlier today, PK? I did. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely did. I went over to they practice at the Mendenhall Center, which is right next to the Thomas and Mac, and I asked them about how uh, you know seniors tend to have a great deal sense of urgency when they get to this point. You don't have any seniors of any note, uh, and he's been talking about. <laughs> And he said, oh, yeah, that's a, that's a good question because he's got the experience, you know, reflecting back, obviously. And he said, I've been telling these guys for a couple of weeks now, you don't have to wait till you're a senior to play with your utmost sense of urgency. So I think they got a decent chance, probably an even chance, to beat Oregon State. Obviously, Oregon in the next round would be difficult. But if they can find a way to end their season basically with two wins, regroup and, and try to get better for next year. Although he did say Rylan Jones, the point guard, is out. So that's obviously going to be make it much more difficult to win the game. Thanks, PK. Appreciate you. All right, guys. See ya. Patrick Kinahan from Vegas. He'll be down there to cover the Utes. He was covering the Cougs uh, as well last night and probably expected to be covering the Cougs tonight. But that uh, doesn't turn out to be the case, and PK gets a night off. So the highlight of, uh, well, unless the Utes uh, do something that is unexpected, will be what Utah State was able to accomplish in Vegas. In the conference tournaments, right. yeah. Which was incredible, by the way. Yeah. What a run. Yeah. Pretty amazing that they won those games in that fashion, too. Yeah, so, yep, yep that, that looks like it's going to be the, the highlight. Yeah, unless the Utes can pull off a miracle. But without yeah. Ryland Jones, that's going to be even more difficult. I uh, want to remind you about Homie, buying or selling a home. Homie will give you up to uh, $5,000 back to help you with closing costs and fees. Remember, it's simple to get started with Homie. See more at Homie.com. We'll have more on the big show straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is DJ and PK. Today sucks. There's no other way around it. I'm here in Vegas. It's raining. And BYU's had a lot of bitter disappointments in football and basketball this season. Is this the bitterest of the bitter? Was there a football loss that was bitterer? Or is this the bitterest? There were bitter football losses. I thought that Hawaii loss was a bitter loss. This was the bitterest of football and basketball losses. You thought you were going to win. You had that game. You're in control. You could never put them away. And that was nasty that they couldn't do it. There's no football loss that equates with this loss in terms of being bitter. This was bitter. It was the sourest of the sour, my good friends. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10. Presented by WCF Insurance. Reminding you to be careful out there. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Shout out to Chad, who wanted the theme from The NeverEnding Story. You see what he said about it? Uh-uh. Chad said uh, about the, uh, even though the movie, I still like it because it reminds me of my childhood, The NeverEnding Story theme song gets worse every time I hear it. Yeah, it's not good. So today's theme on uh, Total Request Tuesday is uh, bad movie <laughs> theme songs. No, nay, worst movie theme songs of all time. Worst movie theme songs of all time. That's a pretty clever question, actually. That's if you do say so yourself, huh? Oh, did I come up with that? Well, it was because of your stirring anecdote uh, I know, comparison. You, to, I know, but I didn't think of it really in those terms. Well, it's good. It's, it's good slash terrible. <laughs>
It's terribly good. We hope you're not. We haven't ruined your day. Good slash terrible. Kind, hey, of, I, kind of the way the Jazz played last night. Yeah, they well, there there wasn't a ton. Well, there was some good. Joe Eagles was good. Yeah. Hey, there there's a positive. If you want to take a positive out of uh, some stuff that's happened uh, recently, his transition back to the bench, pretty good. He's played he's played well in that role, and he's playing well alongside Mike Conley and uh, and Jordan Clarkson. He's he's almost always better when he's more aggressive. And he was last night. Yes. Yeah. He mm-hmm. he definitely was last night. And I think the Jazz just need to have that. Aggressive mindset, uh, and and you know, get after it. You know, uh, we've been saying that, and I wrote it. It's at sltrib.com. Play hard, but play tough. See, that's you the know? thing. Have they turned into a finesse team? Because I don't. Is, is toughness part of their DNA now? Which, I, which actually, I I have no idea. Because it was last year, right? Last two, three years. I don't know if I've ever really considered them tough, tough. Did you think uh, Jay Crowder was a r- real tough guy? He could or was he be one of those fake tough guys. I actually think I, I there was a little fake tough guy there, but I actually think this is where they missed Eric Favors the most. Oh yeah, that could be true. I think this is where they really missed Eric, and, and to the point where Rudy has trouble finishing in traffic. You remember how good Derek Favors was in traffic, finishing through guys. I mean, really play tough. Derek wasn't like Jay Crowder where he's puffing his chest out yeah. and and barking a whole lot. No, he was he was uh, the Teddy Roosevelt type. You know, speak softly and carry a big stick. Right. Play tough. Yeah. And maybe that, that kind of tough tenor of the Jazz over the past couple of years had a lot to do with Derek Favors. And maybe that's where they're really missing him the most. And it's tough to, to quantify that statistically. But, you know, maybe they're missing him there. And Ricky Rubio could play tough. Um, okay. Oh, see, Ricky Rubio's problem is Ricky Rubio can't shoot. Everything else, <laughs> Ricky Rubio does really well. He kind of got ragdolled around out there on the court, but at least he did mix it up a little bit. But did he? He, he got tossed around a lot. Because I remember him playing Russell Westbrook super tough in the playoffs. That's that's mm. a vivid memory that All stands right. out. Okay, well, I'm not going to argue the point. But but anyway, tough tougher defensively than Mike Conley. Yeah, yeah, and I'm a little surprised by that. I I thought it might go the other way. I thought I might give Mike Conley the edge, but I think this team as a whole just needs to uh, to be tougher. And I'm not talking about what we saw last night when Rudy was mixing it up. I, I, that's that's overrated. But just play hard and play tough. And play physical. Don't shrink away when the other team gets physical with you. Well, and knock the other team off their spots, which yeah. is a which is a big deal. And the the Jazz don't do that. But that's not really the players they've got. That's not in their DNA. I mean, you say you you thought Mike Conley would be a little tougher. We, well, we should know he's small. He's he's six feet tall, and he's yeah, not particularly but Stockton broad. Was short too. Um, yeah. Okay. I'm just saying maybe we shouldn't have expected Mike Conley to be John Stockton. I don't think that's all that controversial. Well, wait, uh, wait, wait. John, in those later years, got beat left and right. He did. But, uh, but you can still put up some resistance. You can still—I think you can be tough without necessarily being, you know, rugged in the standpoint you're going to punch guys and elbow guys. You can well, still be difficult and and the jazz i think have that capability you say it's not in their dna well 
Then get it in there. Well, of course they have the capability. We saw it in uh, the game against Boston where they played really tough. I agree with you. They have the capability. But that's, I guess, what I'm getting at when I say it's not really in their DNA. It's not their default anymore. Well, okay. But, see, this is what I think with these wild swings we've seen this year. Isn't that isn't that something that would smooth that ride? Always knowing you could count on a tough mindset. Uh, you're going to go out and play hard. You're going to make it difficult on your opponent no matter what. You're not going to shrink away. And I get it. They're dependent on their shooting. And that's a finesse skill. But here, I guess here's the thing is they've gone from a team that that, that was how they won ball games to a team now they win ball games in other ways. And so it's not, I mean, they. they wait, 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 back up. You said that was how they won ball games. How? Let's see. Let's go to, let's go to last year. If they didn't play tough, then they lost games because they didn't have the offensive firepower. So okay. they had to play tough and they had to play defense or they, they were going to sure. lose because uh-huh. Donovan Mitchell was their, you know, really lone big-time offensive player, right? And so if they didn't play tough on defense, they weren't going to keep pace with whomever that they were playing. Well, that's not the case anymore. And plus you, you sent some guys away that had – toughness DNA, guys like Derek Favors, who were part of that culture that was built here, and you replace him with somebody like Boyan Bogdanovich, whose game is to make shots. His game isn't to play tough. And Mike Conley is not, he doesn't play as tough as Ricky Rubio. Whether we should have seen that coming or not, I think that that's a fact. At least it is at the moment. And Jay Crowder, you know, maybe you think there's a little fake tough guy in there too, but he at least set a tone. And now you don't really have players who do that. Well, and I'm saying you got to conjure that. you got to get that. Uh, and, I, I don't think that's really possible. Oh, man, come on. A manifestation of it last night. They got out-rebounded by 19, Jake. But look 19. at 19! You can't, you can't win doing that. And I get the fact that the Jazz were, weren't shooting the ball well, and they, that, 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 they're not going to win games when, when their star players shoot the way they did last night. I, I, I understand that. But they compounded their problem by, by not playing tough. I, okay, I agree with that, but you, you bring up the rebounding, and it's it's never okay to get out-rebounded like that. But look at the Jazz roster. Is that a good rebounding roster? So if Rudy doesn't get 14 rebounds, you're going to get crunched on the boards because who else on the whole team is good at rebounding? Ed Davis was supposed to be, but he doesn't even play anymore. Your second-leading rebounder is Royce O'Neal, who's 6'4". So, so why why would we expect them to be a great rebounding team? That's not who they are. That's not their roster. Yeah. He's taller than that. Come on. I think when they did the adjusted sizes this year, really? I think he came out at 6'4", yeah. Well, around round mound of rebound was only 6'4". Okay, well, Charles Barkley, uh, despite what Draymond Green thinks, is <laughs> one of the NBA's most special players of all time. <laughs> what do you say? Royce he is 6'4". He yeah, says he's uh, Charles uh, isn't uh, smart enough to be critical. I, I I don't know. I've, I I just uh, and then Charles said that he's he's like the guy in the boy band that thinks the crowd's there for him, but they're for there for Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but he's standing next to Justin Timberlake, which was hilarious and extremely accurate. Hey, Draymond's uh, got the titles, and Draymond's a good player, maybe even a Hall of Famer, but he ain't. He's Char- the Joey Fatone of the he Warriors. Ain't huh? Charles Barkley? I'll tell you that right now. Charles was was, he was special, special. and he, was. he is an unbelievable basketball There's player. No doubt about but yeah, Royce is only six four. So, not, so who else is missing I, out on rebounds okay. here? I, 
So is this just a fatal flaw on this team? It might be. I mean, it's they, they put together this team to be a better shooting and a better offensive team, and I think they're better at both. But they're not tough, or at least they weren't last night. They're not tough night in, night out. They're capable of it because they were tough against Boston, but they get pushed around a lot. Now, Toronto pushes around most of the league. So, I mean, we talked about how good Toronto is, but, I mean... You know, Oklahoma City, for example, that's going to be a tough game for the Jazz because they're going to play physical. Steven Adams, Chris Paul, they're both very physical players. So do the tough Jazz show up and decide that they're going to dig down somewhere deep and and go out there and play tough? Or is it going to be more of what we've seen in games like last night? I mean, Rudy— Jazz are 14th. They rank 14th, Jake, in rebounding, in total rebounds. Which is above their weight. With their roster, 14th is terrific. So, when I say they need to play tough, can a team that isn't necessarily menacing physically still be tough? And does that factor in to not shooting 30, 39% from the floor when you face a difficult defensive club? I think, does it play into it? When, they, when, when Bogdanovich starts missing shots, I know he hit the big one against Houston when they— when, when he hadn't been shooting well. But on the whole, can this team, when it, when it takes a few dings and a few dents along the way in a game, can it be tough enough to gather itself and do what it has to do, namely shoot the ball well, in order to win games? Because this is going to happen. They, they, we've seen it. And that's why we have this roller coaster ride everyone is on that is watching the Jazz. That some nights they have it and some nights they, they just don't have it. And when they don't have it, it's obvious that they don't have it. I don't think they're going to consistently have it. I don't think they're built that way. So I think they have to be better offensively and they have to shoot through it. That's what they added. That's why I think it's frustrating. I know people say, oh, Bogdanovich went two for eight. Bogdanovich should be shooting twice that, regardless of how many he's made. Donovan Mitchell took 16 shots. That's four less than, than his per-game average. These these guys Rick need— only took four. These guys need to shoot. So who was taking shoot. all the shots? Well, there were less possessions in this game last night. True. There were fewer because of, uh, of the rebounding. But, I mean, you know, if they're not—the Jazz, this particular Jazz team has no business ever scoring only 92 points. Well, they're going to lose. Right? They're going to lose. Yeah, 100%. And, and maybe older versions of the Jazz that were a little bit more tougher and a little more focused on defense, maybe they could get away with scoring 92 every once in a while. But not this version. And and they have enough talent and enough high price talent at that, by the way, that they should have no no business scoring 92 points. That's okay, ridiculous. Okay, so let me go down, go down this list real quick. And you tell me if the shot attempt number is where it should be. George Niang, eight. Mm, too high. Tony Bradley, three. Fine. Clarkson, nine. Too low. Joe Ingles, 12. Mm, maybe a skosh too high, but I'm okay with it because it's Joe and you want him to be more aggressive. And he made eight. Yeah. Mike Conley, 12. That's about right. Maybe a, Mi- maybe a little low, but that's probably about right. Donovan Mitchell, 16. Too low. Rudy Gobert, four. Too low. Royce O'Neal, 11. Too high. And Bogdanovich, eight. Too, too low. Way too low. And Rudy's, I'm up in the air a little bit on Rudy because he's dependent on so much, so many other things. And we had a big, long conversation about yeah. this in the in the three o'clock hour. You know, I would say yes, four for Rudy is is too few. He needs to be, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 points a night, and you got to take enough shots to do that. But you know, if Rudy's not open, Rudy's not going to get the shots. 
in a game like that, how do you get more attempts for your for the star players? Make more outside shots so they have to stop paying attention to Rudy. I mean, you you hit this point in the 3 o'clock hour, and you're right. Every team in the NBA is going to go into a game against the Jazz and try to neutralize Rudy on both sides of the ball. That and will that's be priority be, one. That's going to be a huge priority. Yep. That's certainly the biggest priority of the Rockets, for example, when the Jazz have gone up against them so many times over the past few years. And so... And that's Other, weird because the Jazz supposedly one of, one of the best three-point shooting teams in the league. Right. And yet teams take away Rudy, and then they play tough defense and expect the Jazz to miss shots. And that's how you beat them. Mm-hmm. And you rough them up a little bit. All right, we want to remind you we're going to be out at the warehouse coming up uh, Thursday. Uh, from 3 to 6, the warehouse in Warham, 86 East University Parkway. Price is so low, it will blow your mind. Not sports sports, straight ahead. Bowler at 5, right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Alfonso Anderson. Are you a one shining moment guy? Do you like that montage they do every year? Oh, yeah, that little commercial fires me up a little bit. <laughs> See? Yeah, no doubt. Growing up as a basketball player, now you've always wanted to be in this spot. Here you go. You guys know you're going to be dancing. <laughs> What's going through your yep. mind? What are you going to do to try and get on one shining moment, Alfonso? <laughs> you know, just play hard every day, really. <laughs> like, I remember growing up in elementary school, the, uh, the teacher would throw it on the, the TV in class, and I was the one that was always too distracted and didn't do the schoolwork because I was watching March Madness. <laughs> For me to be here right now, to be in a situation, it's good, and I just got to take advantage of it, you know? Just continue to work hard until we get there, and when we get there, do what I know I can do and perform well. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your Not Sports Report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And the Zone Sports Network. This one goes out to Post Stockton, who wanted Goonies Are Good Enough by Cindy Lopper, and adds, so bad it's good. So this is from the Goonies, then? Is it is, right? and this is better than the Poseidon love song or oh, whatever yeah. it was. I, Morning I after? That. Yeah, that one. Check that. Google that song and find out if it won an Oscar. Okay. I, I bet it did. And then you're going to feel kind of funny because, well, you well, know, obviously if a song wins an Oscar, it must, be, must have some value. Won the Oscar for Best Original Song. I'll play that one more At the time. 45th no. Academy Awards. <laughs> In March of 1973. Can you play that during the Not Sports Report? No, let's not. Let's let's get to the Not Sports Report, shall we? Brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles and inventory. Shop online, LHMUsedCars.com. Gordo, where are we going today? Well, uh, we're going to stop in Vegas, and then we're going to head over to Russia. But uh, let me, let me uh, say this. There's all kinds of news about what the coronavirus effect is having, you know, closing down uh, tournaments, games, uh, all kinds of stuff that's affecting uh, uh, those of us who love sports. And, Jake, you just said, what was that update? Oh, uh, the Big West and I think it was the WAC, although now I don't have Mac. it in front of me. Oh, it was Mac. the MAC. You're right. Uh-huh. It was the Big West and the MAC are, are going to play their conference tournaments without 
fans. Okay, so these things are happening. Schools are closing, or at least classes are being canceled. Uh, uh, universities are having uh, classrooms online, all that sort of thing, so people stay where they are. Uh, interesting, uh, but uh, you know what's happening in Vegas? The buffets are closing. Why are they closing down the buffets? I guess they think maybe people can spread germs by, you know, going through the buffet. Well, you've got to use good buffet etiquette. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like when you go to the salad bar, does that concern you? You got the sneeze shield there, right? But the food is kind of out there in the open. Well, people aren't dipping their bare hands into the lettuce, right? I mean, there's a little thing called tongs usually, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to make it if I don't get this pie in me. So there is that. I thought that was like kind of, it's, this is a difficult time that <laughs> we live in. Now that the, the buffets are closed, the it is quite di- difficult. And then there's this. Over in Russia, a Russian singer, I saw this, you gotta, you got to watch this online, Jake. Uh, <laughs> a Russian singer by the name of Anastasia Vishnivskaya. I don't know how you say it. But she was putting on a concert. <laughs> I, I mean, I usually don't laugh at things like this. You usually are the one that laughs at this sort of thing. But she was in this sweeping gown, and she was walking toward the, the audience on the stage, and she's in the middle of the song, and she falls off the front of the stage because she didn't know the stage ended. She actually stepped completely off the stage. And fell. And fell 10 feet down into the orchestra pit, and nobody could see her. But she kept on singing. She kept going, huh? She kept going. Wow. She was laying flat. She was lip syncing. Down in the in the in the orchestra pit, and she kept singing the song. I, I gotta go with Austin on this one. I I think that's lip syncing proof, right? Nobody falls Here. ten feet off Here. the stage and let continues me, to let sing. Me, let me play it, and I'll see if this works coming over Derek, the mic. Two for two on the. Yeah, I was uh, going to say Britton Johnson <laughs> fell off his uh, his chair that way. Well, he, he didn't was, keep talking. He was she, out of commission for like half a show. Not a, not only did she fall off the stage, but she broke her foot. Yeah, that's lip syncing for she sure. Broke her foot. <laughs> She'd be no screaming. Way. She broke her foot, and she kept singing, and the audience didn't know what happened until they raised it up. And she was laying flat on 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 the floor with a broken foot, and she was, but she finished the song, and they gave her a rousing ovation because mm-hmm. she gutted it through, and then they took her off to the hospital. This would be like if Austin were singing the national anthem and that bald eagle actually attacked his bald dome and yet like <laughs> continued with the song, right? Okay, let me play. Unless you can get that, Austin. I don't know if you can get that real quick, but I'll try. The and, concert? I'll try and play it, the video that's online of this singer, okay? So bear with us For here. the ramparts <laughs> we watch. <laughs> We're so gallantly streaming. Yeah, but he actually didn't take some of your skin off. You know, that would have been really impressive. But if he if he did and Austin did not continue, would you have criticized him for not being tough enough? Okay, listen listen to this. Okay, 
she's already fallen off the stage now. Yeah, that's that does not sound like lip syncing to me. Uh, I don't speak Russian. Yeah, I don't speak Russian either. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Bowler joins the show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. The great Craig Bowler, Jack. It's been an interesting season to this point. It's been up, down, up, down, up, down. Jazz win, what, 19 of 21. Then they drop five. They win four. They drop, you know, either you're winning or you're losing. But I think consistency's got to be there from here on out. The time of talking about we're still learning about each other, we have to figure things out. You know, time is starting to tick, and the games are starting to really kind of run away from you. So you can't afford uh, to have another drop. This is where you want this team to hopefully they've been through the rough time now they figure things out and you make a really strong run and play your best basketball before the postseason catch hands and scotty every day from noon to three presented by your rocky mountain chevy dealers on 97.5 1280 the zone and the zone sports network